0: Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment.
1: Hosted by a former addict, myself.
0: And I'm his wife, Jamie.
1: We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves.
0: For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Business Addicts Podcast. Today we have a guest that I've met over the last month and really excited. She's very busy, so I'm excited this is actually happening. When she, uh, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about your background, and then we're going to get into your expertise later in the podcast. So, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little about a little bit about what got you to what you're doing today?
0: Okay, thank you so much, Kevin. I'm so I feel so honored to be on your show, and I have a lot to share. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Uh, I was born in Taipei, Taiwan, and grown up in a Chinese culture, I, w- I was trained to have a self-discipline, work hard, and shut up, don't say anything. <laughs> so what happened was, um, my family was really a unique one, I must say. I grew up with a lot of the. Uh, Things happening such as sexual trauma, violence, poverty, and in the place of just powerless. I was put into this powerless position and completely not knowing what to do and just try to figure out on, on my own. And I was wondering why all my friends there were not in such a loving family, but it mine is not like that. And it was just really a big puzzle for me. And I never talk about it. What happened to me the most the the most tragic thing happened to me was sexual abuse. When I was six years old, I was playing in the backyard and all of a sudden my oldest brother came up and sexually uh, molested me and I was terrified I didn't know what to do all I want was to tell my mom what happened and finally she came home and the first thing out of her mouth was god damn it what did you do you should just die and I thought "Wow, what did I do why should I kill myself why should I die I didn't understand and then she said did you bleed why should I bleed? And then just sh- close my mouth, never talk about it again. It was so confusing. And then when I was 14, I was taking a nap and I woke up. Once I realized, Holy shit, this happened again. I'm being sexually molested again. Except this time, the perpetrator was my mom. Oh, no. Well, where did I go now? (laughs) I was so scared. I completely froze. I just didn't know what to do. And then after that, I had a lot of physical symptoms. I had nightmares. I had diarrhea. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't go to school. But I forced myself to go. So that was the... Ongoing theme I had to deal with that Put myself in this perilous place and suffer in silence because who, who do I go to to talk about this? Mm. Especially in Chinese culture, the most important thing is don't dishonor your family. Wow. Keep everything within the family. So I never dare to talk about this issue until in my thirties. So that was one affect me greatly. And the second one was violence. Watch my um, family, my parents fighting, and my brothers really going to this uh, alcohol, drug use, Mm -hmm. it was horrible. And then poverty. I grew up in a family considered royalty because my my dad was a high-ranking um, officer in um, in government, and he was about to be promoted to be first person in charge. The entire place was corrupted, and everyone's taking bribery. He was the voice that he wouldn't the rumor code mm-hmm. like, he's not going to be you know taking bribery so he was accused for bribery imagine that so before I was before he lost his job my brothers like going on private jet and flying all over the world we had chauffeur we had maids and then after he lost his job the lawsuit lasts for 10 years Oh, no. He was, he was, um, the verdict was not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, the fourth time guilty. So he he went to prison. Hmm. That was horrible. So, and then, so I saw the royalty style, (laughs) and then going to poverty. Mm. That was a big, huge change.
1: Yeah, it's almost harder.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then I, Finally got out of the house. I grabbed on the first person that I felt I was in love with. And his family was wealthy, and his family took us to uh, America and support me to go to graduate school. I was so grateful that that I was able to come to America. But the first year, it seems like the universe. They, we're going to drop Wenqi in America. And the first year you're going to, your, your, your father will die. Your husband will betray you. And your best friend will betray you. And you will be given nothing and leave the marriage and survive on your own. You don't have family. You don't have friends. You don't have money. You don't have a job. You don't even have a car and go figure it out yourself. Mm -hmm. I was so in such a desperation. I just want to end my life because it was kind of like, what's out there? There's nothing for me to look forward. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I went to see a pastor. I told him, I feel so Hopeless, hopeless, and suicidal. And guess what he said? He said, "When she, if you kill yourself, I will feel very sad." But let's talk about something else. And then, wow! Well, so after that conversation, it really just threw me over the edge. I went ahead just pick up some alcohol, drugs, and Made a 10th mm-hmm. to end my life. And then only a few hours later, I realized it didn't work. I'm still here. Now what do I do?
1: <laughs> I just feel
0: so hopeless. And like you want to die, you can't even successfully kill yourself. The only thing you think is under your control, you fail. Now what? So at that point I was kind of like in this vacuum place, no one to talk to, no place to go. So I pick up a journal, start writing to myself. That was the moment I realized that, wow, there is a person inside this body, really, she's really wise, she's very loving, kind, compassionate, and understanding. What do I look for? other people to talk to. But I have to be put in that place to face this person that I hated the most. So you know, the person who I hated most happened to be the person who can save my life. And that's later on, I created this treatment modality called inner twin therapy. I call this part of me is my inner twin simply because I have always Looking for that kind of human connection, and that just led me to relationship addiction. Mm Because I got myself away from alcohol, drugs, food addiction, a relationship addiction. It really linked to my the sexual abuse as a child.
1: Yes, yes. All right. Well, that is a thank you for sharing. That was like. I like vulnerable people are vulnerable. you definitely went for that, and I appreciate that um, it really helps us understand where you came from and you know that struggle of getting to that place of just i I don't know how to go on and then uh I've talked to you I've worked with you a little bit on some of my own things, and I know that there's another side of the story and you know, the, the the struggle is what preps us. The, the size of the struggle almost like is what indicates how much you're going to be helping later in life um, to a certain extent as long as you choose that path of growth. So very grateful that's what you chose. So um, what? how do you define relationship addiction?
0: So these three things are related to each other. Number 1 is a love addiction. Second is sex addiction. The third one is relationship addiction. Okay. The first one, love addiction is I'm in love with someone. I don't have to have sexual con uh sexual interaction with this person. And it goes from have a crush on my neighbor to all the way to stalk stalking <laughs> movie star. Yep. Yeah. Fatal attraction, that's love addiction. Yeah. The second okay. one, sex addiction is I'm addicted to sexual activity. It could be magazine, could be you know, video, whatever, all, all kind of sexual act, uh, interaction. But I don't necessarily have a romantic relationship attached to this object or person. Yeah. The third one, relationship addiction is combination of sex and love. It has sexual component in yep. it and also romantic feeling in it. And many women suffer from love addiction, many men suffer from sex addiction, many men and women suffer from relationship addiction, and not knowing about it.
1: Yeah, understand, that makes sense. Yeah, so uh, take us inside of, uh, and you can certainly ask me some questions if you want, because I feel like I I qualify here too, but like um, what, what are some signs that you have a relationship addiction?
0: Loneliness. And
1: Inside, and you have a relationship, but you feel lonely within the relationship.
0: Yes. Uh, it's very common. People have a love affair outside of the relationship. It's an indication of they have a relationship addiction and, or a person can't stand being by themselves. Mm. And mm-hmm. I use myself as an example. Um, this is a very common scenario. When I'm in the relationship, I wanna be out. When I'm all out of the relationship, I wanna be in. I can't yeah. stand this person. And I, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. And you can say uh, codependency, but I think. When we are codependent with a romantic partner, it becomes addiction. Chances are, yeah. it can be an ad- addiction.
1: Yeah, that makes I don't know sense.
0: If you, yeah. if you can relate to it, <laughs> love yeah. addictions, sex addiction, or sex and love addiction. Yeah. And there's a book called "Facing Love Addiction" by Mia Melody. It's really great. Okay. And that book saved my life. I just look at the check, check, check. It's me, it's me, it's me. Because for years, I just didn't know what happened to me. Why am I going to meet someone that I'm not even attracted to? And I will go that far to get that 10 minutes of a high and then come home, feel dirty and feel yucky and shameful. And I I couldn't talk to anyone about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's so shameful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I think this is one reason why all, um, well, all of these types of addictions are just um, are not being dealt with as much. I And I see them on social media and in groups that I'm in and, and such. I've, I've seen evidence that they're out there. There's a lot more of this happening than what is being talked about. So I, I I'm just glad that we're having the conversation. so how how do you work with people to help them understand where they're at and how, like what's the hope if you're if you're in relationship
0: addiction? I have an advantage to help other people who are dealing with the sex, sex and love addiction because I recover from it. I'm yep. still of course, I am an addict the, the rest of my life. I'm working on it, right. So, the first thing is to identify the childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. We all have childhood trauma. No one has perfect life, right? Yes. But it's easy to say, oh, everything's great. Pretend everything's fine. And so many people carry their graves. Uh, So many people take their secrets into their graves. They never have courage to face what happened in their lives, right? Live a life very superficial, not yes. a life that is really honor who they are. But the key here is to have a courage to look at what happened. The unresolved issues, childhood trauma, adulthood trauma. I'm a trauma specialist. I really think that this is the key. Trauma if you if you deal with a trauma all of the symptoms will go away. The symptoms mm. come out as anxiety, depression, addictive behaviors. Yeah. So with how that. do I help my client? The first thing is help them to connect it to their authentic self, which is I call inner twin. I'll give you an mm. example how I discovered my inner twin. It was um in my 20s, I was driving to see this guy, John, and I was not attracted to him whatsoever. But I went anyway. As you know, I don't listen to my the inner voice. That the part of me tells me what is right, what is wrong. We all have that. Mm-hmm. It's called yes. conscience, intuition, your higher self, your authentic self. So I just remember that voice come out and say, Hey, Wenqi, you still have time to make a U-turn right now. And if you don't, you got to get there and do this shameful thing you have done by, you know, hundreds of times. And you will come home, cry about it and hate yourself. And I said, shush, shush. You don't know this is a brand new one. You don't know for sure, right? So shut up keep driving and driving and then (laughs) get to the apartment yes sexually act out and like so you so i felt so like waste my time and i didn't enjoy it everything just so um meaningless yes i came home just feel so sad and crying and hate myself i live by myself so i grab a chair and i say Please help me. I just can't live my life like this anymore. I need to do something. And then I switched chair. And I said, Wenqi, do you remember I told you that you still have time to make a U-turn right now? And you, you shushed me. And I come back and said, just because you're always right, I hate you. I don't need you to tell me. I told you so, right? And then I, I come back I, I said, well, Wenqi, do you want me to help you or not? this is your attitude towards me, you never listen, you fight me through it, you know I'm right, so do you want me to help you or not? Of course I need your help, if you don't help me, who will? Mm -hmm. And I say, well then let's make a deal, you listen to me, let's figure out a way to get out of this mess. And, And I say, but can you talk to me with a kinder voice? I do the You're just like, I told you, so do this and do that. I, I just want to run away from you. So I train that part of me, talk to me in a kinder way, more compassionate, more understanding way. So now improved in the twin dialogue is, uh, I designed it in a way that is easy to, for my client to continue the conversation. I create a script script. Specific script to help my client connected to that um, their inner turn. It's so fun and loving because all of us we are creative beings, right? But we're taught to be proper, to you know, cool. Everything's perfect. We're all pretenders. We're drama queens, right? we're victims. We're ego driven, right? But the inner turn work is to teach us to honor who we are, to stand up for ourselves, to shine as we are. We are the stars. We are all superstars. We came here for a reason. But why, the question is, why don't we let ourselves shine? Why don't, why don't we let ourselves speak up our truths? Why do we suffer in silence?
1: Mm, no I, I think. Well, I think, I think you already pointed out the answer, and that's we don't have the courage to face it, right? The courage to... Yes. Like, that's someday, a change.
0: Someday I want to sell on <laughs> online a jar, a, an, an ounce of the courage, $5 <laughs>
1: each.
0: <laughs> It'll be yeah. the best seller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what gets us started, right, is, is when we do have courage to, to open that box. I mean, when we are operating in shame, we don't, um, we don't believe that it's possible and we don't want to go there. We're afraid of what's inside and why it's causing, what's causing it. But as you've well demonstrated, everything you said, very beautiful. Um, the simplicity of what you're saying is powerful. And that we can we can heal from the trauma. We can uh, start to to talk through this with ourselves. I I feel like um, specifically the way you're doing things and even talking to you in the past, like there's certain people that that would just be so powerful for. And mm-hmm. um, but whatever the method is, whether it's using um, what when she worked through certainly it certainly would help to have someone else in your corner and not do this alone i i just feel for you as you're telling your story and that you're doing it almost like alone which is wow um very must have been tough <laughs> for a, for a long time
0: it's very stinky <laughs> and i remember uh this is the journey one day when i uh after maybe five, six years of uh, meditation and then doing my healing work, an image came to me. For years I felt like I was broken and I, I view myself as a beautiful vase and broken in pieces, hundreds of pieces. As I pick up one piece and look at it, where it's supposed to go glue back, I feel bitter. I feel sad, I feel hurt, angry, all of that. And I continue to put pieces back together, right? And one day in my meditation, it just came to me like a message is, I have never been broken. I am whole and complete. No one can break me. And the image was so powerful It was almost like all the broken pieces are (laughs) all together, this beautiful, shining base. Everyone is this beautiful, shining piece of art, master art. It depends on how we want to view it, right? We can view ourselves as broken pieces. And many people going through life, either no therapy, and go after alcohol, drugs, food, you name it, all the addictive behaviors. Or they're in therapy for years. Yes. 10, 15 years. Talk about the same thing and still falling apart. So, do we have a better choice here?
1: Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs>
0: yes. The key is we, the answer right here. Do we have a... Courage to face this powerful person. That's why I like the quote from Marianne Williamson: "Our deepest, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate; our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure." And that's my tagline. You're powerful yes. beyond measure.
1: Yes, so much. I love that same quote. And uh, yeah, it's it's very amazing to I, I don't I don't I don't have a lot of visuals, but I have kind of the same experience in my own journey of understanding oh okay so maybe there's some mud here or that i've caused or that i brought on myself um but that underneath that like you say there's this beautiful vase there's it's not any different than it ever was it's just we need to get throw some stuff out maybe we need to rub the mud off whatever i mean it's still yeah. the same underneath there's it, right. it's not a ton of effort and, um, you know, we have, a, we spend a lot of time, I did in, in fear of, of what's there instead of mm-hmm. just doing yeah. that work, yeah. um, right. just, just see what is there and, and, and work through it and heal it. And, and then I'm, uh, for me, there was layers, you know, in healing and that's been demonstrated on this podcast pretty well, but, um, but the layers don't come back. It's not like you're like. Permanently in this state of um, of always dealing with the same things. I mean, we have our core issues, which are a little tougher to work through. But even them, I I, I really believe that we're we're um, some of us have a oh you could say I, I maybe use the words human design that is more apt to um, to be to cause certain addictive behavior and stuff. And even knowing that helps us to just realize, oh, that's me. And um, but there's there's also a whole side of us that can that can like connect with people more because of that um, that Absolutely. issue. And so and that's what we really want. That's what we're trying to do in the addiction is learn how to connect. And ultimately, we just need to understand how that works for us. And instead of manufacturing it,
0: right, right. Um, so my, in my teaching, I always tell people, as a human being, we have this duality, the physical self and spiritual self. Physical self is ego-driven, I call it false self, and spiritual self is your authentic self, and I call this part of you as your inner twin. And in the healing journey, I use this visual, I love the visual because it's it's fun and easy to remember. So we're all driving a bus on our journey, right? So you, you're supposed to be in the driver's seat and your inner twin is a navigator to show you which way to go. And in between you and your inner twin, there's your inner child. You protect your inner child. So your inner child is not jumping the driver's seat and driving around. You know how people in their like 60s act like little kid Because their inner the, in the child is... A, in the driver's seat and all addicts are their the child is in the driver's seat believe it or not okay so okay so the visual is use in, a healthy life is like this you are in the driver's seat you're in the twins navigator in the twin uh in the child is in the middle and behind the seat is a glass sealed and covered and this is, there it's the size of the, the bus is like a school bus, like 15 roll in the back. And the last seat, there are three people you can never get rid of. <laughs> Who are they? Victim, drama queen, and ego. Victim is, it's all my fault, it's all your fault. It's misery, 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 create all kind of a... Um, horrible mis- miserable life you heard of a misery likes misery right? yeah, loves what do you call it? yeah yeah <laughs> okay so uh, victim is count my misery and drama queen is always life and death everything is life and death i have to do it now or i'll die or it's a um expectation you have to be perfect now ego is combination of a drama queen and and, and victim. So now these three people in the backseat, you have a very clear visual and put them put their headphone on and for them to listen to book of love. so they're settled. <laughs> <laughs> then you yeah. can drive your then you can drive your car moving forward safely, right? Yeah. So all of the pain and suffering is coming from not being present, not being able to live life right here, right now. And the definition of a Zen is there's no reality outside of here and now. So if you live your life, it gets stuck in the past, which is victim lives in the past. Then your life is slipped right in front of you because you're paralyzed based uh, by the things happened in the past. You can't mm-hmm. move. Or future, thoughts about future where drama queen lives. What if, what if, what if, right? And ego lives here or here. That's the source of a pain and suffering and no one's in the present.
1: Yeah. Mm. And that's why I say
0: everyone needs to get out of that, um, what I call a FDW cult. Stands for fear, doubt, and worry. Yeah. Yeah. We make a lot of horror movies there, <laughs> That's right? Correct. And then and then switch over to LPJ Club, Love, Peace, Enjoy. This is what we're here for, right? To have fun and to be down to earth, to be authentic, and mm-hmm. be silly. We all whole bunch. We all silly whole bunch. Can we have heart to heart conversation? Can we hear each yeah. other? It's true. Yeah. Can we pick each other up?
1: Yeah. Very good. Yeah, so I want to call out one thing that my conversations with you, and I've also noticed it in um, Codependency No More, which I've been reviewing again. It's a a very good book. Um, And it's that there's, and even in my work with some of our clients, um, it's been coming to me frequently um, that for the addict and for anyone else involved, which I like how you highlighted that, in codependency, you're, you're becoming an addict to the relationship and all of that. But um, Mm -hmm. regardless of what side you're on, we, we all need to learn how to like get in touch with and to voice what we really are thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, if we're not doing that, then we're reacting right like we're not being vulnerable with the other person and we're i know i noticed in myself recently just like limitations in my mind about what i think jamie would be interested in talking about or whatever right and Mm -hmm. well that is making that is causing the, the very conditions in which we cannot improve our relationship so can you talk a little bit about You know how how you have for yourself or with with your clients, um, you know, got in touch with what what I'm really feeling, and how do you voice that? How do you learn to to uh, let that come out?
0: I admire you, your authenticity. I really do, because you really touch something that is hard to do as a human being. What's the odds you go out there to be uh, authentic, right? And then codependency is all about pretending to be someone that you're not. Mm. My favorite quote by uh, this lady, uh, um, Brownie. Ware, she wrote this book. It's called um, Five Regrets of the Dying. And number one regret was, I wish I lived a life true to myself not the life expected of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was something that I hold close to my heart. It takes courage to speak of your truth, right? In the codependent relationship, we play a role as controller, people pleaser, ta- caretaker, martyr, and victim, a mediator. And when you say, you try to do things that you think Jamie wants, um, and then what happened? You found out no, that's actually not what she wants. So we're playing a a, a guessing game all the time. In yeah. in the in the codependent relationship, the first thing I will help my client to do is to find out what is your truth. What are you? How are you feeling right now? Do you give yourself permission to feel how you feel? Or you're too busy to be perfect, to show show off, uh, like, this is great, everything's fine. Uh, I call it John Wayne syndrome.
1: <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm perfect. So John Wayne syndrome is a fake straw man. Fake straw man is like,
1: mm-hmm. I. I
0: feel great. Cool. Look at me. <laughs> right? But deep down inside is dripping blood and shaking like a leaf. A true yeah. man is to be able to say, ouch, that hurts. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. And then lick my womb and heal. That is a true man. And once a person is able to give himself to speak up their truth, then the next thing is to Set boundary, set boundary. How do you set boundary? How do you say no? A lot of times people say, oh, don't bother. (laughs) They will react, they will just like, chew my head off or, you know, things like that. We can't live our life in fear. Many people, 99% of people walking on the earth, their default is living in fear. And we need to change that. We need to shift the energy from living in fear. What is the opposite of the the fear? Do you know? It's not courage. Love. It's not. Yes, it's love. (laughs) Yes, you got it. And love is the highest vibration in the world. And when there are wars in the world, country against country, or family members, or... Romantic partners, they're you know, against each other. But biggest war in the world is internal world. Mm-hmm. You are your own worst enemy. Do you want to settle in? Do you want to have inner peace? You want a world peace, you have to have inner peace with yourself first. Imagine everyone connected to their inner twin, feel loved, feel supported, feel, have that warm fuzzy feeling have that experience, ongoing experience, deep in this, just no matter what happens, you feel safe, you feel loved, supported from within. What a great world it will be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we can each create, we each have the power to create that world for ourselves. Yes. That's the beauty of it. We don't even, we don't even need to uh, necessarily convince the world we can, we can choose that ourselves and then, then it exists.
0: Yes, well said. I don't know if I answered your question or not.
1: Yeah, you did very well. So, um, all right. So, one other thing that came to mind was you talked about having one chair and sitting in one chair and then talking and then going to the other chair and your inner twin is talking to you right. and having that conversation. Is there any other ways that you are having a dialogue or that you encourage people to have a dialogue with themselves? Just get a
0: journal, a pen, yeah. start talking to yourself how I started actually just randomly write down the words come to me, like feel like shit, (laughs) sad and hurting, she's a bitch, (laughs) whatever, just write down randomly. And then eventually you'll come up, have a a stream of thoughts. But if you already have something really bothering you, start talking and what is the, the, the difference between in the twin journal and traditional journal is a tradi- traditional journal, you just have a bitch session. It doesn't necessarily access that part of you is very wise. In the twin journal is able, you are able to access the wise part of you. You know, how, how much um, brain um, usage we, we, do, we do use on a daily basis. We use probably less than 10%, at, you know, at most. Imagine you're tapping to that 90% of the brain not used. That is what happens in, in the inner twin journal. And okay. in my upcoming mastermind program in January, on January 2nd, I will start a, a mastermind program called Let Love Flow. That will be a total six weeks just helping people to learn, deepen this relationship with themselves connected to their inner twin. You
1: don't need an empty chair. <laughs> yeah, very good. I mean, I'm not wanna. I not want to i wanna say that. It's not a other. Uh, certainly, that sounds valid, especially in a tough situation. That you would just switch chairs or something like that. But I right. just was wondering. Um, so other we will ways. link. We will link um, to that masterclass in our in the show notes as well. So if anyone's interested, they, you. Can, they can go to that. All right. So, uh,
0: can I add something else though? Not only just journal. That's just one of a million ways to connect it to your authentic self, such as meditation, walking, going to nature, and even just pet your cats and dogs. You'd be able to connect it to that part of you.
1: Yeah, I. That's, I um. For I'll, I'll just share an experience for myself today. Um. I often, I, I feel I'm trying to get back outside more because there's been a few months where I've been a little more stressed and I haven't been mm-hmm. outside as much, but it, it's been a big part of my growth path has been in nature and I have yes. certain spots. So I I did some, I just felt today on my walk, I was running, kind of run walking and um, I was like, there's a spot I want to go to and I'm going to go a different way and it just came to me and I listened. I went to that yes. spot and then um, I, I don't even remember what happened, but I just had a conversation I don't I don't even remember who the conversation was with. I'm, I'm not sure if it was Jesus or myself on my behalf and there was some things that came up and I dealt with them in that mm. time and so I I agree. Um, it's just like learning to listen for what's yes. there. I was I was working with someone recently too, where there was a conflict happening around her, and she was using that ten percent of her mind, you know, in in her head a lot about right. like how do I how do I convince them of this this person of this and this person of this, and I and I, I said, why don't why don't you journal, you know? I used a little winchy um method I told her well why don't you write down great. all those thoughts you know like inventory yeah. all those thoughts you have right and then after you write it all down notice how much actually has to do with you and how much yes. has to do with someone else and yeah so yes. she that came to me in the moment you know as we were talking yeah um, and that's, that's what that's what this is you know all this stuff is like the more we Available. connect to ourselves the more we can receive the message that's gonna be impactful for us or for someone else. And yes. then um and she already knew the answer. She's like, Well, I don't I don't know if I need a journal, but I'm like, please do it, you know, just do that a few times, get the impact and then after you notice that a lot of the things in your head are are not about you, then write down what you mm-hmm. really want from the mm-hmm. situation. And mm-hmm. um anyway, so I, I I very much agree with where you're coming from?
0: Thank you. And another benefit about getting in touch with you in a twin is that you don't need to explain what happened. You can keep us a secret as long as you want, and you get the result. Yes. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> All the good. <laughs> All yes. the good benefit, right?
1: So. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Work with one chi. Work with oh, whoever, right? Whoever you're called <laughs> to work with. Because right. um, like yes. yes, I mean the free part is important. Like now, I I do a lot more work with myself, um but I still need to work with other people to to expand on that to be more self aware. Because oh, absolutely, you know, absolutely, I, we have a
0: yeah. blind sight, right? We have a, a blind point. Yes.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that happens is I can choose to work on myself with others, or I can spend a lot of time with Jamie working on myself. Well, what I found is it's better for me to spend time working on myself with other people so she doesn't have to do that and then we can work on more positive things. So that's kind of a strategy we're, we're working from.
0: How cool, that, so, that is great. So. Well, I
1: think we could talk forever uh, and we certainly have in, in other, other conversations, but I, I just wanna appreciate what you've done on this podcast and how vulnerable vulnerable you've been there is some very powerful truths that are from a long career I mean when she didn't talk too much about her her background but she's she's got an extensive background in addiction she um, you were part of a clinic I think you even ran a clinic I don't know like you have so many things you've done in life and so this the wisdom that she's sharing in this podcast is, is coming from a place of a lot of experience in this space. And that's why she can say it so clearly. Um, She's, she's been through this a lot. So um, I just want to want to appreciate that. And and thank you very much. And we will uh, hope to hope to talk to you and maybe even have you on the podcast again in the future.
0: Great. Thank you. Love that. Thank you for inviting me today. What a pleasure. What, What a privilege. Thank you for tuning in and to stay in touch, email us at info at